Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where Genshin is the biggest impact this week. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beej. Bam! <laughs> nice. Good impact. impact. Today, yeah. Yeah. we're talking about Genshin Impact, because I'm low-key obsessed with this game. I've been playing it for like two and a half weeks now, almost three weeks, and you've been playing it too, right? Yeah, I downloaded it on PS4 um, probably a few days after everybody started going crazy about it and uh, just kind of whittling away at it a little bit as I'm, I'm going along. I downloaded it on PC as well. Yeah, I mean, one of the cool things is that it's cross-platform too, which I want to get into a little bit. But like for right now, to get started, what even is this game? If you haven't heard of it, it's not one that had a whole lot of like advertising or marketing behind it before it launch so it kind of caught a lot of people unaware in my mind the easiest way to describe it is that it's kind of like breath of the wild meets dragalia lost and yeah you know it's very anime there's a lot of like climbing and gliding and exploring in that like open world field of breath of the wild but there's like a party of four characters it's a gacha game so you want to re-roll mm-hmm. or roll new characters and expand your you know your arsenal of characters basically and in a way it's like if um, you know, Breath of the Wild is less is more than Genshin Impact is much more on the side of other gotcha games out there where like more is more. Yeah, and its gotcha mechanics aren't really like uh, like just in your face. They're there, but they don't uh, overwhelm you like so many games do. Yeah, no, totally. It's like I played probably oh, I don't know, 15 or 20 hours before I even understood where the gotcha mechanics were. Like, that's a long time before you really start feeling like, where are the gotcha parts of this? Right. And I was exploring the menus, trying to figure out what was going on with the game and found it probably after about two hours, uh, really trying to to summon, well, I guess, wish for new characters and that kind of thing. Uh, Just really figuring out everything because i'm the kind of guy who whenever i'm playing a game i explore every menu and every setting just to figure out what uh what is there and i ran across the wish system where i uh, bought a character with the gems or whatever it was that they gave me in game and i'm the opposite like i try not to go into a menu until i absolutely need to i would rather just play the game until i finally hit the point where i have to engage with a system so i was probably yeah 20 or 30 hours into the game before i even realized how the gotcha system was set up and as of right now i've probably played 50 or 60 hours of this game and i haven't paid i haven't paid a single dollar like i want to but there's nothing it's there's too much of the like the you know slot machine pull a lever hope for the best there's not enough straight up let me buy a thing that i'm interested in if there was i would absolutely drop like 10 15 bucks on this game just to give some money to the developer but as of right now there's not a whole lot that's really tempting me which in my mind is actually a good thing the fact that i can play for this long and it's not like super tempting to need to spend money yeah and you can there's not what you can just straight up buy but there are like guaranteed drops what i did like i haven't spent money on it but i know that like what i did was buy one of the packages that had a guaranteed character in it that i didn't have the element for so the combat's based on elements and you make combos and different kind of like elemental resonances i think is what they're called and uh 
or maybe elemental reactions, something like that. You make elemental combos, and so I wanted whatever this character was. I can't remember her uh, her element now because it's been a while since I've played, but I didn't have it, and it said that if you spend this much uh, and you get like the 10 slot pack, that it will guarantee this character. So I'm like, yeah, I'll spend what I've got on that and get it. So that'll filled out my party and was able to put more combos in. Yeah, I mean, the so, combo system is really cool. Like, the combat is a part of this game that is, for me, it's, like, more compelling than combat in Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was more about exploration, and you're given some powers, and you can mess around in combat. But, like, combat was never the huge draw of that game for me. Whereas in this one, I really like what they're doing with the combo mechanics and taking different elements and combining them. Because... Like you said, you can have a part. So you have a party of characters, right? And the easiest way to think about how fast you can switch between these characters is think about like when you're playing a first person shooter, how fast you can switch between weapons, right? Yeah. Um, especially on PC, you know, if you just have like your first four weapons on number one, two, three, four, it's exactly the same thing except with characters instead of weapons. So you can switch yeah. between them that fast in battle. The only thing that really bugged me about that was it felt like on the the PS4 that there was a slight delay between it because you have to wait on animations to finish. And so when I was wanting to switch, I had to wait because I was pressing the uh, up button trying to switch uh, faster than it would actually let me. But yeah, it's these characters are weapons. Like if you think about it that way, that's that is exactly what they are. You're swapping weapons. Yeah, and like it really does encourage a diverse set of characters because of those elemental combos that you mentioned. So one of the basic, basic ones that you learn very early on with two of the characters you get just from playing the game is that you can have fire and you can have wind. And if you light something on fire and then you shoot this like wind tornado at it, it will pick up the fire and spin it around into a fire tornado. That's right. a very basic example. But imagine that across like six or eight different elements that are in the game and all of them combine in different ways. And you start to get your head around some of the complexity that's here. And once you get into that, the combat becomes a lot more engaging. At first, when you're first going in, you see, you know, you're just kind of, it's not button mashing, but you don't really have anything to do other than just use your basic attacks. Once you open up that system of elemental uh, combos like that, it really, really, really becomes more complicated and you have to use those later on or you're not going to be able to progress through the fights. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then also, like, as you get further in, there's also multiplayer. So you can do right. elemental combos with other players on your team, too, without having to switch characters, which that's fun. I've only scratched the surface of it a little bit, um, but it it's totally cross-play, which is it kind of touches on the cross-save, cross-play-ness in this game. Yeah. So the game is out right now on PC and on mobile, so both iOS and Android, and it's out on PS4. All of those systems, you can play with anybody on any of those other systems. There's complete yes. cross-play. There's not cross-save across everything. PS4 is the odd one out because Sony is not playing nice with other companies in general. They never do. No. Why does Sony never play nice and then always have to go back later because everyone demands it of them and don't use that platform? No, I don't know. But it, the way that you should play this game, unless you're... 100% sure that you're only going to want to play on PS4 is 
play on mobile or play on PC for right now because the Switch version is coming soon and the Switch version is looking to be cross-compatible with all of the other versions, again, except for PlayStation. So Where you can save your progress across all of those, but yeah. the PS4 is basically its own single-player campaign standing alone that you can't cross-save between just pick up where you left off. On all the others, you can. So yeah, I mean, that's why I downloaded it on PC was I realized that I didn't realize that cross save and cross play. I'd been using them interchangeably with uh, with this game. And I realized that that was not the case. So I restarted on PC. Yeah, I basically started on PC and then I started playing on mobile, too. And it really is completely seamless. Like, I've never seen a game do cross play this well or cross save this well before. Um it is so like you can shut it off on one system and then immediately turn to the other system and boot it up and your character is in the exact same spot right where you left them. And it's just yeah. it's seamless is the best way to put it. Like there's no friction. There's no, oh, did my save upload to the cloud? Do I have to download it? You know, there's some of the stuff they've done in the past, like on PlayStation Vita and PS3 and like I feel like there's always a little bit of friction of like, did my save upload and download right. and all of that? None of that exists in this game. Like, it's always just right where you left it off, and it's perfectly there. And that's probably the best thing about it, because it's always online, because you don't have to worry about the saves. It's held on their servers, so that makes it so much easier, because they... It's kind of an MMO, but it the even the developers don't call it an MMO, and I think that's from the uh, from the stigma that a lot of people don't want to invest in an MMO. So they they bill it kind of as this single player RPG that has online elements, but you're always online. I mean, that's why the cross save works so well. Yeah, and it's weird because you're right, it is, and it isn't because like i've played like i said 50 or 60 hours and i've done a total of maybe an hour and a half of that in multiplayer and the rest has been just single player that i've been playing and the game isn't pushing you into these other like player multiplayer things that you have to do um right it incentivizes exploration like there's a, a whole system here where characters have different levels than your adventure level and your adventure level is kind of like your overall measure of your account and how much experience you have as a player and like how much you've done in the world. And every individual character has independent levels from that. So your adventure level, you like rank up by completing quests and by doing daily objectives if you want to. They're optional. Um, or just exploring the world. Like every time you find a chest, every time you find a secret, every time you get somewhere new, like unlock a new waypoint or teleportation point, you know, statue, things like that. Every one right. of those gives you adventure points that increase your adventure level. So it really goes out of its way to say like explore the world and you'll find stuff fun to do that like i immediately started doing this that whenever i downloaded the game like i didn't even do the the first like couple of quests on the tutorial before i was just running around and climbing on things and the climbing in this game is pretty much exactly like what i remember breath of the wild being where you have stamina that depletes and you hop up that takes more stamina and it's so much fun like i'm assuming you're climbing everywhere because that's what you loved about that's what you loved about Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah. No, I love climbing in games. Assassin's Creed, Breath of the Wild. Like, I love just climbing stuff. So this game right. appeals to me because you can climb basically everything in it. 
yeah, everything. Like I went into the main city that that well, the first city that you get to, and you can just climb up walls, like straight up the city walls. And I was like, this is this is fantastic, just being able to move around like that. Well, and another thing that incentivizes exploration is that the map is gigantic. Like, yes, there's. I thought that there was this big open world, and then I realized that the second area is actually like double the size, maybe triple the size of the first area. And when I finally wandered over there and I was like, oh, there's like a whole nother game worth of content over here. And then as I've read up on it in the weeks since then, they only have two areas rolled out out of a planned like seven or nine or something like that. So the amount of game that is there now is only a small fraction of what they're going to patch in. And so the next region is coming early December, and then they're going to do content updates every six weeks. So probably every two or three of those, they'll add a new region. So it's like this game is just going to expand and expand and become this gigantic world, and it already feels like a big open world. Yeah, it does. Like, I didn't realize that all of it, when I first started playing, I guess, when I first started playing, I didn't realize that all of it really wasn't there, that I thought that this was a complete game and they were just going to do expansions for it. I didn't realize that the way that they've got it set up is that the world is going to be expanded in a very natural way and not a typical expansion way. Like, they're just adding more to the world as opposed to doing, like, World of Warcraft or something, adding an entirely new set of systems and an entirely like different continent and things like that so it's going to be really interesting to see how they just basically continue things along well and the there's a story here too there's an actual like kind of jrpg style story it's not Mm -hmm. jrpg because this is a chinese developer it's not japanese um but you know kind of that style of story and the prologue alone and i say prologue in quotes here because that I played the prologue for like 30 hours and I felt like I had an entire JRPG story worth of things that happened, you know, Hmm. and that was good. Like it felt good to play through that prologue. I got to chapter one, you know, like part one of chapter one at like 30 hours of gameplay. And it's not that I felt like the prologue was slow. It was that I felt like the prologue was an entire game's worth of content. And that was great. It's long. I've seen... I haven't gotten out of the prologue when I played it. I actually bounced off the game uh, pretty pretty quickly, but I keep... keep. Well, I guess I keep keeping up with it through other people, and I've been amazed to see the number of people who are amazed at the length of the prologue. They're like, holy cow, I didn't realize I was still in the prologue until the chapter one thing came up. And it's yep. like, wow, that is... That is nuts for a game that's free to play, uh, putting out this much content up front. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's doing one of the things is like now that I'm like 60 hours in, I'm into chapter one. I've finished the first part or two of chapter one. Um, And then if you are playing out there, um, just to tell you kind of where I am, my adventure level or my adventure rank is now like 25. I think I'm almost 26. Okay, And I unlocked world level two. Um. And a lot of that isn't going to mean things to people who aren't playing, but the world itself levels up with you. So as your adventure rank goes up, um, the world gets easier, right? Because your characters are getting stronger, your weapons are getting stronger, all of that. When you hit certain adventure ranks, which again, the adventure rank is the rank like on your account, not on your individual characters, the entire world will level up and everything in it will get harder and all of the rewards will get better. So if there's a chest 
that is one foot away from where you start this game the very first time you play it and you leave that chest alone and come back after you've leveled up the world a couple times all of the rewards will be of like that next tier or two or three up because the whole world levels up it's not like individual regions it's like everything stays relevant all the time yeah and that is one of my favorite things that mmos and different games are doing right now where i like not being able to go just blast through stuff i like being able to to go through and have fun with it like i'm playing world of warcraft right now and the newest zones and the way that they put stuff in is that it's scaling to you and it's so much more fun to me to do this than it is just not really having to pay any attention so i'm glad to hear that even in the part that you're playing single player that they're doing that Oh, yeah, totally. No, it's awesome. Like, I love the way that it, the world is leveling up with me and staying relevant because I go back to the first area all the time to do stuff. And then I jump over to the whole second area all the time. Like, I'm still using the entire world map because everything is still relevant to me because the world keeps leveling up alongside me. And yeah. there's some cool stuff in here that other developers need to steal. Like, there's that idea, right? That's a really good idea. And like you said, other other people are doing it in their own way, but I would love to see more of that over time. Um, the other thing that jumped out to me is one that I just, again, I barely scratched the surface of because I'm not doing a ton of multiplayer. But one of the really cool things is that they have split loot lockout from fight lockout. So hmm. okay. if, you, if you think about the way that um, lockouts normally work in an MMO, and again, this isn't strictly an MMO, but just as an example, like in World of Warcraft, you can go do a raid and you can beat a fight, what, like once per week, generally. Yeah. And if you beat that fight, you're done. There's no way you can go back into that fight, right? Well, you can in the raid finder now, but you can't get loot from it if you've already beaten it. Okay, so... The way, well, and that's kind of the old traditional way, right? Is that you can only right. do the fight once a week. Um, in Genshin, the way that it works is that you can do any fight at any time, any number of times. But you have this in-game resource that's called resin. And if you want to loot the rewards, you have to spend some of your in-game resin. And that's kind of one oh. of their mechanics that, like, when you use some of it, it instantly starts recharging, but you have to give it time. And so the resin is almost their lockout system, where if you were playing, and I'm, like, a higher level than you, and I want to jump over to your game and help you out, I could do every single fight with you and just choose not to get the loot from it, but I wouldn't yeah. ever be locked out of the fight. And, Which is really nice when you're yeah. looking at the way that this game is set up online because all of the multiplayer is instanced where you don't have the the persistent world and you're going specifically to play with your friends usually. Exactly. And like I don't you don't have to worry about, oh, am I wasting my one shot this week? at a thing that like I'm over leveled for and this is going to waste it for me you know you never have to make that compromise you can always just not open the it's it's usually not quite a chest it's like something that you spend the thing on at the end the unlock it or sometimes it okay. is a chest um but you get to make that choice at the end right so I could run something over and over and over with you and just never open up the thing at the end and then all of my resin is still there to use on something else that i want to use it for that day yeah so that you can get better loot or different loot that you uh maybe you know would help more yeah and i think that 
I would like to see more multiplayer games and more MMOs do this in the future where you don't keep players away from each other because this is one of the biggest issues in online multiplayer games when they're PvE is that if you've been playing for 60 hours and your friend is on hour one, you don't have an easy way to play together. And doing things like this gets rid of a lot of that friction because you can always go play with your friends um, and then you can go on your own and kind of like spend your resources in the, you know, optimal way if that's what you're trying to do yeah instead of being locked out that yeah i like that and that goes into you talking about the resin that goes in to how there are so many currencies in this game that early on it's really easy to get overwhelmed looking at everything that you're getting it's just from the moment that you start playing things are being added to your inventory and to your wallet and trying to figure out what they do will take you a while And so don't feel bad if you're getting all of these points and gems and different stuff and you don't know what they are. Eventually, it will tell you what they're for. Yeah. But you're going to collect them early, some of them at least. That's, again, one where this is definitely a gotcha game in that more is more. Um, Mm -hmm. I basically ignored everything except for my character levels and my weapon levels for a good 20 hours of this game and i was totally fine so you can really just dive in and play and not worry so much right away eventually you kind of got to get your head around it but it's not something that's a barrier to entry that yeah there's very low barrier to entry to this game because it's free to play and i think because of the way that this has been received and the amount of money that has been spent on this game i'm hoping that this is going to cause a shift in the way that developers bring free to play games out because this is a game first and a gotcha game second which makes people want to spend money on it it has already made well over 100 million dollars on mobile alone which is more than breath of the wild brought in so far overall so like it is insane how much money people are spending on this game because it's a good game not because they just want that dopamine hit oh yeah absolutely and you know that goes back to the fact that i have played 50 or 60 hours of this game I've loved my time with it. I'm literally looking for an excuse to give this developer some money because I've had such a good time. I want to incentivize them to keep developing this game. And I feel like there's nothing that I really need to spend the money on. Um, Like, you know, it has gotcha mechanics. So if you have issues around that, which there's always people out there that do, stay away from the game because it's not for you. But if you don't, like, this is a really good game to just dive into and play and give it a shot. I mean, it's free to play. There's not a lot to lose there. And right before we started recording this, Austin had texted me, and he is going all in on Genshin Impact. Um, the The reason I say this is that the text that I got was, I'm, I'm actually pulling it up right now, was, uh, I would appreciate it if you would just refer to me as the American Genshin Impact God, because he's been writing for Screen Rant and getting an absurd number of, of hits on the articles about this, but also this he's been playing this and writing about this for weeks now for work and only just today spent money on it he spent money on the five dollar subscription uh because he saw people on twitter talking about that they had spent the five dollars and that it was worth it for whatever benefits that you get that it was well worth the five dollars and so he finally did but like you it's been weeks and weeks and weeks it's been the primary game he's written about it's been the primary game he's played and and only now, weeks after this has been released, has he spent $5 on it. Yeah. And it's, it's 
it's, it's crazy so the amount of content that they have that you don't have to pay for. Well, and one of the things is, like you said, he's been writing about this for weeks, and I feel like, but so he works for not one of the mainstream game sites, right? He works for right. Screen Rant, which covers all sorts of things. And I think it's been really interesting to see the discourse around this game because it caught all of the like mainstream video game outlets by surprise. And you can tell right. because they did not have content ready for it and they are playing catch up because this game just came out of nowhere. And well, I, I'd say it came out of nowhere. It didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of China. And that is why it didn't get as much hype, right? China is not really on the radar for people in the Western world in terms of video game developers. And right. this is the first Chinese developed game that has really broken through to the West. In And it's not the only game that exists. Like there's plenty out there. But it's the first one that's broken through in a big way. And I think that caught a lot of people by surprise. The thing for me that's the most exciting about this is that this is the first. There is no way that this is the last one that's going to break through. Because No, not at all. Like China has been catching up with the Western world so much in the last 20 years. And I say catching up, not in. I'm not trying to be derogatory here. It's just like, um, you know the level of their economy growing like it's been insanely fast and they are now competing with western media in a way that didn't exist 20 years ago much less 10 right. or even five and so we are going to get all of these chinese developers that are going to start releasing games and they're going to come out on platforms that make it super easy to play in the west and that just means there's more developers and more video games for us to play and that makes me extremely happy and people in the West are just now, and I say just now, but but it's like you said, the 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 culture has changed where mobile gaming is now to the point where it's okay. Like you're actually able to play games on there, like Genshin Impact, it's console level games. And so that's been really popular in the East for a while. And so now in the West, uh, these games that are being developed like that firsthand, like we've talked, like you were talking about the cross save, those are going to be much better than what is currently available because those developers are already have these systems in place and these engines and ports and things like that ah yeah it's i'm excited i'm excited to see what else comes out from chinese developers soon i'm also super excited to see what else genshin impact does um i could see myself hitting endgame within the next couple weeks and then really slowing down on it i could also see them increasing their release cadence and me sticking with it i'm not sure i could go either way at this point but as of today as of playing the game for two and a half ish weeks i really really like this game and I bounced off of it. And the reason I did is not has nothing to do with the gameplay of it. It has to do with the way it does the gotcha mechanics in that I like getting new stuff. I like those dopamine hits. And so I don't even mind, you know, spending a little bit of money on it or using my in-game currency. So what really made me bounce was the way they handle it and i don't like gotcha games that make you get duplicates of characters in order to advance or duplicates of items or characters or whatever you get and use those to then upgrade the main one that you have that doesn't feel very uh it doesn't feel like progression to me like you're getting i would rather get parts of something or that I, or tokens that i'm building to but getting like 
like 13 things of this character in order to make him this one I have rank B instead of C feels it doesn't feel good to me it feels like i'm wasting my time as i'm going through there it's like oh look i spent five dollars on this and i got something i have 13 of awesome i don't like that mechanic and it actually pushed me further away from the game because i'd like getting new stuff so the game itself is great it's just that it doesn't the the primary uh, monetization mechanic doesn't work for me yeah, and that's totally fair. You know, all of the caveats that come with a gotcha game apply here. Um, yep. It's just, like you said, it's a game first, and it's kind of a monetization scheme second, which is not something we've seen a lot of, but I hope we see more of. And I do hope we see more of it, because this is this is an astonishing amount of content for free, which I think actually can open up games to people, because they will download and try something, if we can get them past the idea of free to play, because I think it's going to take a shift in people's thinking on how they look at free to play games to uh, to really make this uh, make this model successful uh, in the long term. But games like this are what's going to do that. Yeah, it'll be super interesting to watch. Um, with that said. Don't forget, we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have a Geekery blog, and more at geek2geekmedia.com. You guys can go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent right to you. And we also have a digital magazine these days called Press Start. What's the latest on that? We are working on the October issue of our Patreon magazine, Press Start. It is going to be about horror games and horror games that are not horror games and uh, just all the spooky stuff that comes in October that uh, people tend to like. Uh, and we're, we've got some articles about people who don't like that kind of stuff and still find ways to enjoy it. So uh, you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast to subscribe and also read our uh, back issues as well. And this week, once again, we are sponsored by Funimation. Does your love of anime know no bounds? Is your truest form in front of a screen, bewildered and excited as muscle-bound high schoolers shoot lasers and magical girls fly on angel wings? Then you must be brimming with that unbeatable anime protagonist energy, and the only way you can let it out is Funimation. Thanks to their massive library filled with hundreds of subs and dubs, when a series finale leaves you heartbroken, you can start the process all over with a new show. You know, back in the day, anime fans eagerly longed for the latest episodes, while Japan was already full seasons ahead. That sucked. But those days are long gone, because Funimation has episodes available to stream the same day they air in Japan, and dubbed within two weeks. With a Funimation subscription, you also gain access to members-only content and shop exclusives, meaning you can finally reach the peak of your fandom power. You can begin your free trial and start streaming ad-free anime today. Go to Funimation.com slash subscribe now and download our app and start your free trial. That's Funimation.com slash subscribe now. Also, from now to the end of October, Funimation is giving away free three-month Premium Plus subscriptions to one of our listeners every week. That means that one new winner for each week of the month. To enter, all you have to do is respond to one of at geek to geek cast posts on social media with hashtag Funimation Giveaway. Yep, all you have to do is respond to one of our posts with the hashtag Funimation Giveaway, and you could walk away with a free three-month Premium Plus subscription. So make sure to follow at geek to geek cast and, of course, at Funimation. Thanks for the sponsorship. And that brings us to Weekly Geekery, where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. What have you been up to? 
Well, I'd mentioned earlier that I was playing World of Warcraft again, and that's from people on Discord with Alenzia and uh, Ben and Demai and Ken, and lots of people were getting ready for the Shadowlands uh, pre-patch, and it's been a lot of fun. Like, I'm finding myself having a lot of fun with the changes they've made. I think I'm going to play a druid this time around, uh, mainly because without flying, being able to stealth and uh, be a caster is uh, pretty fantastic. And they finally put in where you can use the barbershop to change individual like shapeshift forms, what they look like. So I can run around as a fire kitty all the time from Firelands with uh, Fandral's Flame Scythe that I was able to uh, finally be 100% all the time Firecat. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And uh, I started watching The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. Uh, it's oh, based cool. on Sabrina the Teenage Witch comics, you know? Yeah. Um, not the TV show. Not the previous uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch uh, TV show uh, on ABC from back when we were kids. This one is based on the comic The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and it's fantastic. I don't think you would like it because it's horror, but it has that perfect Halloween aesthetic to it. Like, I've it's watched very. Some of it. Oh, have you really? Yeah, I have. I watched a couple episodes. It's much, much darker. It's nothing like Sabrina the Teenage Witch from, like, you know, ABC Friday Night, TGIF. That's what it was. Yeah, TGIF. Um, yeah, it's nothing like that. Like, it's very dark. It's very Netflix, like, mature content. Um, I like some of the premise, but you're right. It was too much of a horror. It was too much of, like, a dark Halloween-y one. It just didn't click with me, but I could see you loving it. And I do. I love this one. And I'm really impressed by the way that they handle the occult. Like, they're not shying away from it. Like, even a lot of mature stuff will shy away from just specific topics, the way that they handle things like, you know, killing children. Things like that is generally a no-no. There is a witch in this one in one of the episodes, like four or five or something like that, that ends up you know, killing an Augustus Gloop style kid and roasting it because the Dark Lord, his favorite meal is roasted child. Like they are, and, and I'm not saying that in a good way. I'm just saying that this show has impressed me by actually taking on those kinds of issues. And, uh, you know, he didn't eat it. And so she wasted killing the kid. And that's what it was dealing with. Like, oh man, I killed a child. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, definitely so it was, not a kid's show at all. No, it is absolutely not. So I really like it. Um, and then I finished up The Boys Season 2. Have you watched any of that one? Um, I watched the whole first season. I haven't seen any of Season 2, but it's on my list. Jennifer and I were making fun of one of the entertainment sites. It may have been uh, Entertainment Weekly that the headline as this was new, as The Boys Season 2 came out, was The Boys Releases Their uh, Most uh, Daring Season Yet. And we're like... It's the second season. It's the most daring season yet. It's season two. It's like, and I mean, to be fair, it is the most daring season yet, but that just means it's more intense than season one, which is what I wanted to say for people who are getting into it. I actually really liked this season once everything had been established from season one. Uh, it took me half of an episode to get into it because I stopped halfway through the first one and didn't go back for a while. And then after that, by the end of that episode, it was fantastic. I I binged the rest of this show and the season finale was just phenomenal like the acting in this this particular uh season was great the uh, the new character stormfront is a fantastic character and they've done so well with it like i cannot recommend y'all getting to the boys season two enough cool yeah i gotta get around to that one it's definitely on my list 
Um, really good. For me this week, I, I read a book. I read 99% Invisible City. And again, I'm okay. not calling out everything that I've read this year, only the good stuff. And 99% Invisible is an amazing podcast all around design, but kind of the design of everyday things and stuff that we run into all the time that you don't even think about. Um, so if you never listened to 99% Invisible, the podcast, absolutely go do that. There's hundreds of episodes of backlog there for you. Um, this is their first book. So the 99% Invisible City, it's all about the kind of hidden design of objects that we take for granted every day in a city. And that's the whole premise. And it's a great book. Um, so I really like that. If you've ever liked anything about like design or design in the modern world, this book is 100% for you. It's great. Yeah, I mean, those podcasts are great. Just reading about the stuff that's in there. It's it's wonderful. I can imagine the book is great, too. Yeah. And then the other thing for me this week is that I beat Hades. So right. Um, last time, I know I talked a couple weeks ago about that I was playing Hades a little bit again because it came out in 1.0, and it finally got its hooks into me because all the content is there, and it's it's interesting. It's a roguelike for people that don't really click with roguelikes because the focus is on story, and so it okay. feels almost as good to lose as it does to win because you're still progressing the story. Not, not hmm. quite, right? It never feels as good to lose as it does to win, right. but... Every time you go back to square one, you go back to the House of Hades and you get kind of this like interstitial part where you just get to walk around and talk to all the people and advance the story. And then you go out on another run and then it's an action game for a while until you die and you go back. And so mm-hmm. I I like that. I always like the premise. But now that all the content is there, it feels more complete because it is. And so that was enough to get me to actually like play enough to beat the game and one of the things I did was I started feeling like I was stalling out around run like 20, 25, somewhere in there. So I went in and I flipped on God mode, and that was the right decision for me. I mean, everybody's going to have their own level of you know what they do for their settings. But God mode is something in this game where it's not quite a difficulty setting, but what it does is it means every time you die, so every run that you don't succeed, it will increase your level of like basically defense or like damage mitigation and so over time it like auto adjusts the difficulty until you have the right level of damage mitigation for you where it's challenging and it's fun but it's not too easy um and you just Mm. get there through playing the game because as soon as you start beating it it doesn't give you give you anymore each run and so that was great because i i turned it on and about five runs later i beat the game and I, I don't know. I really like it. It's a really good game. It was just a slow burn for me because I tried it initially in early access like two years ago. And there's something about seeing it in its final form here where I appreciate it a lot more than I ever liked all of the individual parts that I had tried while it was in early access. Yeah. And this is one that I'm interested in, but I really don't like roguelikes. They get so repetitive to me. But the idea of you playing it like 25 times and still being like, oh, my God, I'm not making any progress. Uh, But the God mode on this one sounds like that would be how I play it, that I would get the repetition from the roguelike, you know, get the gameplay, uh, but not burn myself out on it like I do every single time I play one of those games. 
Yeah, and if if there's someone like you or someone that's thinking along those lines going into the game, just turn on God mode at the very beginning. Like, don't even worry about, you know, not having it on. Just start with it very, very from the beginning, and you'll have a great time with it because you will eventually beat it because that's how it's set up to do it if you have God mode enabled. I don't like them calling it God mode because that has different connotations. I'm amazed they called it that when usually that's the kind of thing where you're invincible and are all powerful and basically just barrel through. Well, I mean, it's I'm because they call it that. It's because every character in the game is a god. Like, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I figured it was because of the theme of the game. But yeah. Still. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's why. So it was a good game. It was just it was a slow burn for me to get there. Um, I finally started really, really clicking with this game when I kind of moved from trying to sit down for long periods of time with it. And instead, I was like, OK, I'm just going to do a couple runs every night. And so doing about. Yeah two to four runs each night that's what i did for like a week and a half and that was great like that's what i you know that's what i needed to do to really enjoy this game and so i beat it i got to the end you know i finished a run and i didn't see credits and what i what happened was i asked a couple friends who were a lot farther than me i was like do you ever see credits in this game they said yeah when you get the story far enough it's not about just like Mm. beating one run it's like you need to do that a couple times so that the story progresses enough that you get credits. So oh, wow. at the point I'm at now, because I've beaten a few runs, I think I've beaten three or four runs, um, I would feel okay walking away from this game. Like I got my fill. I saw what it had to offer. I think what I'm going to do is play for another week or two. And again, just like two to four runs a night until I see credits. Because if I see credits, then I'll really feel okay stepping away from this game. Um, but either way, I've loved my time with it. It's been a great game. Yeah, that uh, that sounds interesting for a roguelike. Like you, you haven't beat it when you've beat it. Like that's 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 new to me because I'm not playing that kind of game all the time. That I would just assume, oh yeah, you beat it, so that's that's done. Yeah, uh, where it's not that that's weird to me, but interesting. Cool. Uh, that's probably it for this week. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, make sure to check out all the other content on the network. We've got blogs and video game reviews, and we have a digital magazine. Press start. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And I also co-host the Dragon Quest FM podcast, a show about the Square Enix RPG series. We've been Foyden Beej with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, y'all. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. 
Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. 